Good evening and welcome everybody to this week's edition of Coach Vogelai's Corner. I'm David Stearns. Joined with me on the phone, as always, is Coach Aaron Vogelai. Coach, well, you guys uh, gave it your all there in the mock playoffs. How are you feeling after that weekend? I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, I mean, obviously not the not the result that you want. You know, out of, out of our team, um, not not something that we're used to. But you know, I think we. I think we've played well enough to kind of prepare ourselves for regionals this upcoming weekend, so I'm doing well. I'd like to get your take on a few of the other games in the uh, the playoff tournament there up in Abingdon, Maryland at the Ice World. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, your two contests, uh, that being the first one against the University of Maryland. Gave you kind of a scare there. Uh, just the uh, That game was just back and forth throughout, and it took a little time for you guys to really kind of get your feet under you and really kind of hammer it home there. Uh, granted, that was the, what, fourth out of five uh, matchups that your team has had against Maryland? Yeah, I mean, when you play somebody that many times, and especially this this sh in, in this short of time span, you know, you're, you're going to have you're gonna have a lot of um, transparency. And, you know, unfortunately, we kind of fell asleep a little bit. I mean, we dominated the first eight minutes of that game where they barely got over the red line. And we scored a goal, and I think we kind of went, well, this is going to be kind of like last weekend where we just kind of did our thing, kind of ran away with it. But um, you know, Mar Maryland had 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 the different uh, had a different idea, so they they kind of took it to us, especially in the second period, capitalizing on a lot of mistakes that we made, and uh, we found ourselves down in a two, a, you know, four to two hole after two periods, and we really had to kind of dig dig ourselves out of that hole. And I thought we did a really good job doing it. Now, it appeared that Maryland had really capitalized on your turnovers and uh, a couple of them coming from behind your net. And uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the defense play in that game. It seemed like uh, the communication on the ice wasn't there. And it, like you were saying, though, they, they really caught you in that second period and they really outworked you guys. But uh, talk a little bit about the transition between the second period and the third period because it seemed like you guys were a completely different team in that third period, especially with, you know, a couple of good power play opportunities. Of course, you guys went two for four in that game with two of those power play goals being in that third period uh, to tie things up before Bloom's eventual game winner. Yeah, I mean, we uh, we talked in, in between the break, and we, we knew that we could play better than than, than we had been, and it was the, the team kind of needed a wake-up call, so I kind of gave it to them a little bit and um, you know, told them that you know, Bloom's line was going to start, and they were in a they were gonna have a great shift. They were gonna move their feet. We were gonna attack, and we had nothing, nothing to lose in it. I mean, we were already down two goals, so I mean, we it couldn't get any worse than it already was for us. So, um, you know, and they and they went out there and did that, and they and we put uh, Tracy Fadler and OC out there on the next shift, and they kind of built off of Bloom's great line and ended up getting a goal, and we were kind of off and running. And then the two power play goals, one by Dan Durante to tie it up, and then. Bloom on the power play from the top of the key, let, let one go, and put in the game winner for us. Now, uh, in the pregame ceremonies, uh, let's talk here, we, uh, we've we got the awards uh, for this year's uh, campaign. Talk a little bit about the awards that were dished out. It seemed like you guys dominated there in the South. Yeah, uh, you know, we actually dominated um, every every category except one in the entire mid-Atlantic. It wasn't just the South. It just right. happened to be that all the South players got the awards. I mean, <laughs> the only one that we didn't get was the forward, and that was taken by Brad Dockstetter from Liberty, and 
you know, he had an amazing year. I think he totaled 74 points, and you know, he was just he was all over. I mean, he played with a confidence that this league hasn't seen in a while out of him. So, um, you know, he he didn't have to play behind like a Corey Rice or a Reynolds or a Jensen or anybody that this year. He was he was the main headline, and he he took those those reins and he did very really well with him. He's been a dangerous player all year, and he's going to be hard to contain for Rowan, you know, in this upcoming weekend. But uh, Johnny Drago took home the best goaltender award. Uh, I think that was really nice of, um, of everybody to kind of realize the talent that Drago has. Uh, I mean, we all know that Johnny's been hurt for the majority part of the year, uh, early in the season and here of late. But, um, you know, I think I think he is the most talented goaltender in this league. So it was nice that the rest of the league, you know, kind of saw it that way as well. And he took that home. And then you've got, you know, the, the easy one in my eyes. I think he's the most talented player. Um, in this league, and he's he's one of the best defensemen three years in a row, and now two years in a row, he's also captured the the league MVP, and obviously that's Nick Yost, and he's he's just a special player, and you know we're we're we we've really been blessed to have him for the last four years, and you know he's he, he's been our captain for three, so you know it's uh, he, he's just a special player, and it's nice to see him get recognized for all the things that we see on a regular basis, and kind of take for granted because we're so used to having him around and but uh it's nice that he gets the recognition that he deserves because he certainly does yeah we'll talk at the end of this season whenever it makes a finish here about the uh the impact of losing a player like him i mean we've seen some players uh leave this team like that of a hard and post and uh you know and pj carmack but it seems like you guys are still a force to reckon with and uh we'll, we'll talk more in detail about that later on but uh let's Let's move on to the Virginia Tech game. Now, this game, uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't see this coming. But then again, you know, you guys took a two-nothing loss to the eventual uh, champions. So, uh, talk a little bit about this one. You know, I think, I think actually, you know, there's, there are games that you lose that you walk away extremely disappointed, and then there are games that you lose that you say, you know what, you just have kind of have to tip your hat because you help, you, you played extremely well. You're not, you're not disappointed with the way that your boys fought. Um, and that was kind of like this case. I hadn't felt this way since last year at Nationals when you know, we, we we died out there on that ice and uh, just came up losing two games in overtime to Arizona State and Michigan State. So, um, you know, I think this is kind of like that. I mean, we dominated in shots. I think after the first first period, it was 15-5 to five in shots. Us, I thought we controlled most of the play. We made one mistake. Uh, in the first period, it was just a bad pinch. It was a bad, it was a miscommunication on uh, the neutral zone by a by Yost changing, putting Kelly out on the ice, and Andrew Nary had already you know was already stepping up to play, and they were able to just tip the pass wide, and you know Mitch Clark walked in on a breakaway and scored. You know these these, these kinds of mistakes, for, especially out of two freshman defensemen, they're going to happen. You wish they didn't, of course, but they are going to happen. It's part of the game. Um, you know, and they they capitalized on it. You know, we we had our chances early, and we didn't um, capitalize. So, you know, it, it is the way it is. Uh, the second period, though, a little bit more back and forth. I thought we got kind of caught out on there, out on the ice, and too many long shifts. And I thought Virginia Tech took it to us a little bit, and uh, kind of evened out the play a little bit. And then in the third period, we really ramped it up. We we still won nothing. They I think we outshot them again. It was like 16 to two in the third period. So, 
you know, I, th- I think we played extremely well. In that game, we made two major mistakes. We had another bad pinch by a freshman defenseman that allowed them to walk in three-on-one, and they scored again. So, um, you know, once they had that two-goal lead, I think the, the wind out of our sails kind of went, and, and the smaller rink that's that's there in Abington, they were able to kind of sit back in a nice little prevent defense, and you know, we had our issues with it, but you know they 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 played well. Walker Detweiler had a great game. He had a great tournament. Let's face it, um, and and they you know they they outplayed us. You know in the in the in the one aspect that really counts, and they outplayed Penn State. So I mean, what they did walking through number four, number three, and number two in the region to win that championship, you know, they did a great job. Yeah, that uh, prevent defense really it did stymie you guys, and uh, they put it up against Penn State in that uh, championship game. But, uh, boy, what a, what a great effort all around by Virginia Tech, and I completely agree with you. You know, you, your guys gave it their all, and, man, Virginia Tech was just a, a powerhouse in this tournament. But uh, So what is it, what, what's the next step for you guys uh, going in, you know, into the regionals this coming weekend? You guys are just a couple of days away from taking on Maryland for a fifth and uh, final time this season. What are you guys anticipating from them on Saturday uh, early on in the afternoon? They're around 1.30. You know, I, I think that they had some success early on, uh, especially in the middle period uh, when they when they took the lead of playing a 1-3-1 up against us, and they did a pretty decent job with it. So I, I don't I don't expect them to kind of waver from that. Uh, I'd be kind of surprised if they if they if they got away from that 1-3-1. Um, they they did it up against us in the crab pot without as much success. They got a little bit better at it when it was on a smaller sheet. Now we're going to play on a sheet that's just, you know right in the middle of the two. You know, it's a, it's an actual NHL size rink, so it's it's going to be a little bit wider. So they're going to have a little bit more problems, I suspect, with it. But that's what I expect. They're going to try to slow slow our speed down. Uh, I think we're visibly very, uh, you know, a lot faster than Maryland. So they're going to have to try to slow it down to their pace, which they were able to do on a smaller rink this past weekend. But um, you know, and I think you know, to, to be to tell you the truth, I think we did. I think what happened last week in winning the Maryland game was exactly what needed to happen, kind of a little wake-up call, a little shake-up. No matter how, how bad we beat them once or twice, you know this team isn't going to go away. So we, we, we really need to play our best. We can't just expect to win. And now with the season on the line, you lose, you're done. Your season's over. We, we, we can't afford to take anybody for granted or any situation for granted that is. So we we need to make make sure that we show up, and I think we're going to do that. We had a good week worth of, worth of practice, so I expect us to come out flying on, on Saturday. We'll come back. We'll come back and talk a little bit more about the mock playoffs in the other games. But uh, you know, staying on with the topic about the Southeast Regionals, uh, if you guys do advance on Saturday, uh, who do you anticipate seeing in that uh, in the next game? You know, it's really a toss up, Sternsey. Um, you know, you've got you've got Rowan at the nine seed, and they're playing Liberty and. You know, Rowan hasn't been playing the greatest of hockey lately, but I mean, they're they're an extremely danger dangerous team. They took Roger to the brink uh, in the in the Mid Atlantic playoffs, lost six five to them. I mean, they they've got incredible speed. They're able to put the puck in the net. If Bennett's on, um, he he's he he can just flat out shut down an entire team. So, um, you know, they they've been dealing with some injuries and some sicknesses and stuff like that. But they're an incredibly dangerous team. So. I wouldn't be surprised to see them at all. Um, even though I think Liberty, you know, I think has the edge of on size and probably a little bit on the goaltending or, or on the goal scoring side of it. So, but you know, anything can happen here. We saw that last year with Rowan. 
uh, the the Ryder Bowling Green game. That should be a great game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryder coming out of that game. Um, just you know, rumors that Bowling Green's top player has been hurt. Um, you know, he might not be playing, so that would give the edge um, to to Ryder plus their plus their outstanding goaltender. So that 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 may be it. And then you've got the toss up between Virginia Tech. Is it the same team that played? you know, the second half of the season, or is it the same team that played in last week's playoffs? And then you got the, the complete wild card of Toledo, so it could be mm-hmm. anybody. It really could, and, you know, we're just going to have to kind of take who, who they who they, who they give us. So um, we could be one of four teams, and you know, if we're blessed enough to get to, to day two, we'll, we'll take on anybody they put in front of us. Yeah, Tom Wilms and I were talking in the, the broadcast at the mock playoffs that uh, – Ryder seems to be a bit of a dark horse in this race because, uh, you know, with the goaltending from Kolodenko, um, anything's possible as far as, you know, how far Ryder can take it. And they, they certainly seem to have the depth up front, but uh, hopefully you guys won't be staring them down in that uh, advanced, advanced, uh, advanced game um, after Saturday if you guys press past Maryland. But, uh, you know, talk talk a little bit about uh, what you've seen out there in the mock playoffs that maybe stood out to you. I mean, uh, Penn State, in my mind, was the favorite throughout, and uh, it kind of came up short there at the end as Virginia Tech really really took it to them. It was the same fashion that they uh, stood up against you guys in the day prior. But uh, what stood out to you in in the overall playoffs? Well, I, I think Penn State kind of took it for granted. I, I think, you know, they didn't play with that edge that they played, especially when they played up against us in our barn. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had an edge to them that night, and they, they weren't going to be denied. They, they they were like sharks in the water, and they smelled blood. So and I didn't see that same sense of urgency, you know, at the playoffs. So, um, you know, they've already punched their ticket to the Nationals. So, I mean, really, they just they were playing for a cup that they, that they won the year before. You know, they they and they just kind of expected themselves to win, and they got themselves to the championship that way. And that's how talented they are. But mm-hmm. um, you know, you, the, Virginia Tech just had just had an edge that no other team had um, in this playoff. So I, you know, I, I think I think they really surprised me a little bit. Um, and I thought they did a great job. Their coach Joe Mullen did a great job preparing them, and you know, up and down their roster, they played extremely well. So, um, but I mean, Ryder. Right, right. Ryder's a team that just seems to be continuously getting better, and you know they got a first-year coach and Sean uh, Levine uh, and Tom Derizio, uh, both guys that I actually coached up against uh, when I first started in this league. So, you know, I think that what they've done with that program is is really well. I mean, their goaltender is phenomenal. You just can't look at his size and go, "Well, this is going to be easy." He is so lightning quick. He's got great feet. He's got a great glove. Um, and he's got a compete level that's you know that's that's pretty rare. So, um, and I think you're right up front. They're they're extremely deep. If they have a weakness, I think it's their defenseman. Um, but you know you got to get past their their speed and their forwards. They've got two lines that can put the puck in the net at will. So they're going to be tough to handle no matter who who has to play in Bowling Green. Unfortunately, you have to draw them. But that's going to be interesting because Bowling Green's extremely physical. So. Um, you know, any, anything can happen in those types of games, and they've got some firepower as well. So, I think it's, I think we're going to be in for some some really good hockey this weekend. Now, talking back about your team, uh, you have Trevor Miller starting in goal, and um, talk a little bit about his performances in the two games this past weekend, and what you're expecting out of his play in this coming weekend's uh, regionals. You know, you know, Trevor, I thought played really well. Um, 
you know, the, the goals that Maryland scored, I don't think he had much of a shot at. I mean, I think there's maybe a one or two that he wished he had back, but, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to have those. You know, I mean, he just got done. You shut, basically shut down the, the whole team the, the week before. Um, you know, so I think he kind of caught the same same relaxed mentality that, that our guys did. But, um, you know, I thought he played extremely well up against Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, he wasn't tested in, in, in an awful lot. I think we limited limited them to, you know, 18 shots in the whole game, but um, they were 18 really good shots. I mean, they uh, Virginia Tech did a really good job of being able to, to penetrate the slot and getting quality opportunities. And Miller came up really big. You know, I think that's you know, you know, two, three weekends in a row now that he's come up, you know, really big. I thought he played really well up against Penn State. I thought he played extremely well in the crab pot. And um, you know, once the once the team woke up and started playing in front of them up against Maryland and Virginia Tech, I thought he did well again. So, you know, we're really happy with the way Trevor is playing right now. And you know, he 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 got ice time and he got he got a game in at Nationals last year. And I think that uh, his game is starting to get back to that stage again. And I think I think that's kind of what we're going to see from him this weekend. He's playing with a lot of confidence. The guys have confidence in him and they're playing in front of him. So. I expect to have some really good goaltending this weekend. Now, it's certainly important to have a solid goaltender going into, you know, playoffs and playoff-like situations with regionals and nationals. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you guys got shut out. Your you, this is your first shutout, uh, being on the losing side of a shutout for uh, the last four years while with UMBC. Uh, Talk a little bit about what your offense has to do in case you come up with, against similar circumstances like that of which the attack that Virginia Tech brought to you guys. Um, what are you going to do to you know, get the offensive touch going again after seeing no goals for well over three periods? Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm not really all that worried about it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, worked, we worked a lot on our offense uh, this weekend, or this week in practice. We worked on our power play. You know, we worked on um, our offensive cycles and kind of our different reads and reactions and what and what to kind of fall back to. But um, you know, usually after you get shut out, you know, the team responds usually pretty well. You know, we just got to make sure that we don't squeeze our sticks a little bit too tight and start pressing for that first goal. I think I think it'll come. I think it'll come very naturally to us. And um, you know, we've got a lot of firepower between Bloom and OC and Fadler and Tracy and Durante and. And the other Durante and even Fritz and Armstrong. Armstrong's always been one to score big goals, um, you know, in big games. So you know he's he's been on a little bit of the drought. So we expect him to kind of break out of it. And once he gets going, you know, I think we're going to have three lines that can score on a good regular basis. So um, Handy's come up with some big goals. Yost, Devlin, Rath. Um, we've got firepower. So we just need to we just need to do what we do. I mean. And we can't think too much about that about that shutout. And then really, in all in reality, I don't think we have. So, I mean, Durante misses an open net in the first period. I mean, he never misses anything, mm-hmm. let alone a wide open net. So it's just it was one of those days where the bounces just weren't going to go our way, and we kind of realized that. So, you know, we're just going to move on. We're going to play Maryland. All right. Now, let's. I'm going to ask a difficult question here. Uh, assuming that you guys uh, you guys are going up for your fourth trip in a row to nationals, am I correct in that? Correct. Now let's say you guys punch your ticket. Uh, who do you think the second team will be out of the southeast that'll make a go at it? Oh man, <laughs> so many things can happen. <laughs> um, 
you know, and I, you know, I've got I've got a lot of faith in in our league. I think our league is extremely strong. So, um, so I'll give you two different scenarios. Okay. Um, the first one is the one I'm kind of hoping for, um, just to show the strength of our league. And it's uh, it's obviously it's a, it's an all Mid Atlantic day too. So mm-hmm. um, it would be in that case it would be Liberty, Virginia Tech, and uh, and us versus um, Ryder. Okay. And so I would say that it would be um, us from UMBC, and then it's a toss up between Liberty and Virginia Tech. I mean, they've traded. This will be their fifth time that they've played this year. Um, Virginia Tech, or they're tied 2-2, so this would be the, this would really be the tiebreaker. So um, I would actually give it to Liberty just because of the revenge factor of, of last weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I think Chris does a really good job, just like Joey does from Virginia Tech, and it's kind of a coin flip, so. Um, but Virginia Tech always won two games in a row. I don't think all year. So um, you know, I, I would just go with a coin flip and have to pick Liberty just for the transparency of that of that rivalry. But um, there's an upset along the way. Let's say um, you know Liberty. Liberty has to play Bowling Green, and we have to play Toledo. Or you know what? Let's say that Ryder still beats, and we have to play Ryder. I say we punch our ticket, and then you've got Toledo versus um, Liberty. I would say, just because they're unknown, I know they've got firepower. I know they've got good goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't been playing all that well, but I kind of like them as a dark horse. I would pick, and it's the team I don't want to ever want to face. So um, I, I would pick Toledo. All right. A couple of different scenarios there. And if I'm not mistaken, Virginia Tech was at number seven last year when they also went to Nationals, correct? That is uh, that is correct, yeah. So they're looking to make a repeat on that number seven spot. <laughs> well, it should... And they very well could. Yeah, it should be a, a, an exciting, fun weekend of hockey. And uh, good luck to your squad, sir. And hopefully we'll be talking to you on a positive note next week. Sounds good. Look forward to it. All right, that's Coach Aaron Vogel out here for Coach... Aaron Vogelai's corner, and they'll take on Maryland on Saturday for a fifth time this season, three weeks in a row, and that will be at 1.30. You can tune in and listen in on the action at IYMSportsRadio.com. Tom Wilms will have the call for that one. So we will cut it off here, and good luck to UMBC as they make another run at Nationals, looking for a fourth consecutive trip, and as Coach Vogelai always says, this time hoping to be a bride instead of a bridesmaid. So, with that being said, good night, everybody, and as always, don't stop believing. Take care.